You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. When I was younger and when I was earlier in my career, I had this idea that, you know, I would look up to these gurus and I would look up to the people who had the businesses that I wanted. And I had this idea that, man, once you get there, you know, the low points, I don't know why I thought this, but I just had this idea that once you get successful, the low points either go away or maybe they're just not as bad. And I'm here to tell you that the bigger you get and the more successful you get, the more prominent you get, typically the lower the low points are, but the higher the high points are. It averages out. It averages out. And um, I've been under the impression for a long time, you guys have heard me talk about this forever, that you know, whenever you go through a, uh, uh, an up level or an upgrade, you're going to get hit with resistance. You're going to get hit with turbulence. You're going to get hit with all of the shit that does not want you to succeed. And it's just the way it is. It's always been this way. You study old business titans, Rockefeller and the Commodore Vanderbilt and Abe Lincoln and any of the modern era Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, they all go through the same thing where they get battered anytime they try to go to a new level. You know, Elon Musk is one of my favorite CEOs right now. And uh, I own Tesla stock and I keep buying more of it because he's such a phenomenal CEO. I think this was back in Q1 or the beginning of Q2 where uh, they they basically have the, it was actually, it it was Q2 and he was reporting on Q1. And he was talking about the losses that Tesla faced and it was staggering for Q1 because they're buying, they're buying all these parts. They're buying the labor. They're trying to put these cars out and they can't get the cars out fast enough. I'm talking about the model three and the the company during this time is losing something like $6,000 per minute, $6,000 a minute, staggering losses in Q1. What happens to the stock, the stock tanks, and uh, Elon loses, you know, five and a half billion dollars in his net worth because his net worth is tied to the stock. Uh, bad shit. Just crazy stuff. Anytime that you're like, man, my business is so hard. Man, my life is so hard. Man, I don't know how I'm going to make it. What you really ought to do is study some of the guys who are at a different level than you are. Notice the things that they fight through. And it puts your stuff in perspective. This is why I love reading biographies. I love reading biographies because you can read the Elon Musk biography. You can read the everything store about Bezos. You can read in, uh, I think it was 97 or 98 when Amazon is just starting to pick up steam and Bezos doesn't know how to be a CEO. He doesn't know how to run a company. And so he ends up running off his best engineers. Literally in a weekend, Bezos loses all of his engineers. And the worst part about it is they go work at Google who is a competitor with Amazon at this point. See, Google and Amazon used to, they still do, but they used to be fierce, fierce competitors. And uh, Bezos lost all of his good people. Anytime you're going through something, you can probably look at somebody else who has it worse than you are. And let me tell you, there's some good perspective that comes from that. Uh, But anyways, I've been under the impression for a long time 
that when you go to the next level, you face resistance and you get beat up. But here's what I've learned in the last, I would say, two or three weeks. And I've learned this from a series of events that I'm going to talk to you about today. And it's going to encourage you and challenge you and hopefully make your life better. What I've learned is that almost every time you level up, it's not one beatdown that you have to face. It's actually two. Two unique, separate, different struggles that the entrepreneur goes through to reach into new levels. And the reason I say that is this. Obviously, the first battle is the battle just to escape velocity and get to the next level. How many of you have been through this time when you said, I'm going to do more, I'm going to earn more, I'm going to serve more, and all of a sudden, your whole life falls apart? How many of you have been through that? It's natural. It's a science. It's going to happen every single time. But then, once you get through that fight and you get through that battle, here's the interesting thing. There's a second battle that takes place. And if you're not ready for it, it'll kick you back to the previous level and it will downgrade you and you'll have to fight both of them again. Battle number one is the battle to earn. It's a battle to earn. This is what we talk about in the training. This is what I've shared with these stories on. It's a battle to earn. It's a battle to show that you are worthy of getting to the next level. We talked about this. You've got to become the have. You've got to be first and half second. This is that first battle. And it's so important because if you don't show yourself worthy of having what you want, you will not have it. But the second battle is what I call the battle to keep it. You get to the next level, you fight, you show that you're worthy and you show that you earn it. And then you've got to chase out the wolves because that land that you fought for is not just going to stay yours if you do not build up the citadel, reinforce the perimeter, and fight the battle to keep it. There's a story about Alexander the Great when he was taking over and he was in his conquest to basically devour the world. At one point, he had conquered it was something like 70 or 80% of the known world at the time. And he was taking over a certain continent. And what they expected him to do was take the military and just take as many cities as possible. Because that would have been the fastest way. And every single other conquest that he had gone on, he was a brutal, ruthless, ferocious, and very, very quick champion of the battle. And he would go in and he would take a city and he would move on to the next one. And in this particular conquest, he changed the game. In fact, I believe it was, uh, it was um, Robert Greene. If you get Robert Greene and you pick up the book, Strategies of War, he talks about this, this master strategy or grand strategy is what he calls it. And he tells a story, this is where I'm pulling a story from, of Alexander the Great. And I don't know all the details because you know, you don't need to know all the details. You just need to know enough to get by, right? Famous last words. No, but for real. In, in this particular conquest, what he ended up doing is the, the king of the particular kingdom that Alexander was taking over, his advisors had prepared this person that Alexander, he's going to come in, he's going he's to fight quick and dirty, and he's going to get out. And what Alexander the Great ended up doing is he ended up taking his time. He ended up taking his time, and he would visit the port cities. He would 
let his army chill out and he would win the people slowly but surely. He would say, look, if you come over and become part of my empire, I'll let you keep your own religion. I'll let you keep your own governance. All you have to do is pay a small tax. And he slowly creeped his way up this peninsula, visiting the port cities and taking his time, going very slowly. And in hindsight, what Robert Greene breaks down is that if he would have taken this particular kingdom and added this to his empire, there's no way he would have been able to feed the people. He wouldn't have been able to take over the governance of all the people. He would have won the war and then simultaneously lost the land back to the same people he won it from because he didn't have an army big enough to maintain the front and defend the perimeter. Alexander the Great was a brilliant strategist and he understood this. And so what he did is he chose to go slower than, than maximum speed. We call that optimum speed because the end goal is not just to win and then lose it in the, in the you know, remaining couple of weeks. The end goal is to hang on to the grounds that you take. What good does it do you if you fight and you fight and you fight and you win only to let your limiting mindset and not understanding the whole picture drag you back down to the level that you were at previously. But in April, we fought the battle to earn this next level that we wanted to play at. But what I didn't realize at the time is there's always a double beat down. And you have to be prepared for the second one. Because many of you, I see your posts and I see you coming in here and winning and you're finally taking ground that you've spent years trying to take. You should, you know, Cameron, his video has spent $50,000 in coaching and mentorship and not one of them has produced an ROI except for client kid. And I see your stories and I see you winning and you have finally gotten to the place where your reality is validating what you always knew was possible. But there is a second fight and the second fight is sneaky and it's not the battle to earn it. It's the battle to keep it. When you get to the next level, you're going to have a new battle for you to hang on to it. You're going to have a new battle where you got to chase out the wolves and you've got to fight off the predators that previously occupied the land that you're taking. And uh, let me give you a couple of examples of ways that you can win the battle to earn and lose the battle to keep. Okay. In 2008, when businesses were crashing left and right, if you go back and you study what did these businesses that lost, what did they do and do the opposite? You learn by what not to do. So I'm going to give you some examples of what people do that you can avoid. Number one way to win the battle to earn and lose the battle to keep is to forget your environment. You can forget your environment. You know, the problem with environment is that it's not a one-time quick fix. You can do the work and you can eat the food and you can go to the gym and you can lose the body fat and you can earn the body that you want. But the problem is, is you have to maintain that shit. Like, you, you know, you can't just go to the gym for like three weeks and that's it. It's the same with your environment. In fact, your environment is probably the number one single greatest factor to determining where you're going to be five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. You know, they've proven biologically people live longer 
based on their intangible environment. By intangible, I mean, obviously, I don't mean your environment. Like, oh, if you live in the woods, you're going to make less money. I mean, that partially is true. But I'm speaking to your environment as in the people you surround yourself with, the ideas that you feed on, the material that you consume. You want to know how to win the battle to earn but lose the battle to keep? Is all of a sudden you get this cocky strut and you no longer prioritize a clean environment. And you start thinking, well, I'm a badass. I don't need an environment. I don't need mentors. I don't need accountability. Just being real with you. I can say this to you because I've actually done this wrong before. So I've earned the right to speak to you about it. You know, me and Chris, we just, we just talked about this. Hey, man, we need to get an environment that is going to challenge us. And hey, we need to get into an environment, a location where we can be reminded that we've got more in us. There are some environments that I jumped out of that I wish I wouldn't have. And then there are some environments that I wish I would have jumped out sooner because it was making me feel more successful than I was. It was making me feel, oh, man, I am the greatest. I tend to get uncomfortable when I'm in an environment where I make the most money out of everyone there, or I know the most out of everyone there. If there's not someone in the room, so to speak, that makes more money or does better or is smarter, then I get a little jittery. Number two, you want to know how you can win the battle to earn but lose the battle to keep has to do with your focus. Your focus is finite, friends. It is limited supply. And what I see more and more is people in the marketplace thinking that they have unlimited focus to do as many things as they want, as many projects as they want, as many partnerships as they want, and it is costing you fortunes, fortunes. Here's the thing. I don't know who said this, but uh, this quote has stuck with me. Do less then obsess. You ever heard that before? Do less, then obsess. Do less, then obsess. Do less, then obsess. The way you scale is not to just add shit. The way you scale something is not to just add more stuff, add more complexity. Typically, the way you scale is to do less and obsess. You want to know how you win the battle to earn, but then you lose the battle to keep? you lose your focus. You stop protecting your focus. You start adding a bunch of random stuff just because it sounds like it's a cool idea. Watch out. Watch out because while you're doing that, trying to break past 50K a month, pros like me are going to be gobbling up the profit, making 700 grand a month, over delivering for clients. Just saying. You want to win long term. You got to focus. You can't Stretch your resources and focus as a resource beyond your ability to produce. Like Alexander the Great, sometimes you're going to have to take it slow because what's the point of winning a continent that you end up losing as soon as you win it because you can't protect it? Number three, it's probably the biggest outside of environment, but it's closely linked with environment and it's energy. Energy, energy in your drive. Billions of dollars have been lost because an entrepreneur will build something, they will run out of energy, run out of drive, close down the whole thing, 
and start something new because it gives them energy. Here's the thing. The number one most important resource to me right now is my energy. If I run out of energy, we're screwed. Royally screwed. If you run out of energy, you run out of the, the, the juice that will pro, you know, propel you to produce more and better things for your clients, for your customers, for your family. You've got to understand that there is one major axle or leverage point that everything else is going to ride and fall on, and it's your energy. And part of the reason environment is so important because an environment can give you energy or take your energy, depending on the kind of person you are. If you don't get energy from something, your number one job is to figure out how to either get someone else to do it or reframe it so that it no longer steals your energy. By reframe it, I mean look at it differently. Have a new perspective about it. Sometimes people get burned out by having sales calls. And I can very quickly fix this by saying, are you attached to the outcome? 100% of the time, if you're getting burned out on sales calls, you're attached to the outcome. You're not serving. You're trying to take. You're trying to do it in a certain way that makes you loads of money. And I can hear you. I can hear people that are, especially that are new, that haven't been around my philosophy for a while, kind of scratching their heads like, isn't that the point of a sales call? No, it is not. The point of a strategy session is to serve, to improve that person's situation. And sometimes the way you improve that person's situation is to take them as a client. You see? But sometimes it's not. And the main goal of a strategy call or a call with a client or a call with a prospect is to serve and to improve that person's situation, to offer them a way out. This is what I mean by reframe. If you hate writing copy, you got to reframe so it gives you energy. Reframe writing copy. This is an opportunity for me to leave value that's going to improve somebody whether I meet them or not. And oftentimes the thing about energy too is energy tends to increase with your skill level or perceived skill level in a certain topic. You know, there's a good chance that you, if you hate sales calls or strategy sessions, you suck at strategy sessions. That's probably why you hate them. It's too real. Just being too brutal right now, but I'm just trying to help somebody. Some of you might hate writing copy and it's because you're not very good at writing copy. Here's the thing that I want to leave you with is always be aware and cognizant of your energy. It might be a good idea for some of you, and I've done this in the past, every hour on the hour, take a break, crack open a notebook, write your energy level on a scale of one to 10, and then go back through that notebook at the end of the day and say, what was I doing that caused my energy to spike like that? And what you may find is patterns. You know, you may say, every time I write an organic post, my energy is like, a nine out of 10. But then every time I like look at comments and stuff, my energy is like a two out of 10. Man, that's a, that's a trend. Pay attention to that. That means you should spend more time writing posts and less time looking at the comments. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm doing here is track yourself, become self-aware enough to know this is improving my energy or this is draining my energy. And when you do the right stuff, the right results always have a way of catching up to you. It's not just about winning the first battle. It's about being able to fight the second battle to keep it. And guess what happens if you show up to that second battle out of breath, bleeding out, 
you're going to lose the battle. This is why energy is so important. Number one, environment. Environment is going to allow you not only to fight and prove that you earn it, that you're worthy of it, but it's going to show that you deserve to keep it. Number two, your focus. Protect it. Don't dilute it. Don't be out buying a million courses and monitor your energy so you know, hey, whenever I hit a rough spot, I just need to do this and my energy bumps back up. 